Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Frankenstein's RPG podcast, and an examination of the how to try and knit these things together process. In uh, in this episode, I'm joined by Ralph, Mark, Kat and Jim, as we try and start to dissect the character generation, skill tests and characteristics, and then try to bring them all together. Uh, you'll very quickly see that designing by committee is not easy. What's even harder, though, is taking Liminal, Vampire of the Masquerade and Call of Cthulhu and trying to knit them all together. We do talk about probabilities a bit, and there's a good deal of confusion around how we could make the mechanics work, but this is a first stab at making a game, so, you know, what do you expect? Uh, Mark does come in slightly after we jumped the gun and started talking, so he isn't introduced until the end, but it was quite funny, so I've left this episode fairly raw uh, in the edit. Uh, I think we'll do another one shortly and maybe discuss magic, so uh, expect more. Uh, I also owe an apology to Martin, who of course was the one who recommended we go with Call of Cthulhu or basic role-playing character generation, uh, and I, I, I claimed credit for that, which is well, true to type, but not very fair on Martin. So, Martin, apologies. Anyway, let's get on with the show, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, an unusual episode of uh, Frankenstein's RPG podcast. Uh, in as much as uh, I haven't asked anybody to nominate games for anything, but what I have asked for uh, is a is a helping hand, and I have uh, three extremely distinguished people uh, here this evening. We may find more drop in later on. If I could just ask everybody to sort of uh, introduce themselves, that would be useful. So, uh, who uh, who have we got with us? So, can I come to you first, Cat? Hi, um, I'm Cat. I am Mere for Be- at Mere for Beer on Twitter. I am also one of the editors of Nevermind the Dice Rolls, which is a new RPG fanzine. Which I have my my copy here. Ta-da! Yeah. Vision one, issue one. Shining. Mm. Uh, Jim, could you... Uh, uh, yeah, Jim, uh, normally failing forwards, uh, stun double on here for somebody who knows what they're doing in terms <laughs> of gaming. Um, yeah, find me on Twitter at Jim Jim the Grim if you wish. Brilliant, thank you. And uh, Ralph? Hi, I'm Ralph. Uh, I do the Fit to Pleasant podcast. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Fictoplasm. Uh, I'm also author of Stormhack and uh, Gitack and a number of other small games. Um, and, uh, well, that's it. And I talk a lot. <laughs> Thank you very much. And usually at, at, uh, at entertaining and educational lengths, should we say. Some well, reason I sound diff- very diplomatic. <laughs> Thank you. I sounded a bit like Robert Robinson then, didn't I? So, youngest yeah. and mother now. Uh, there's one for the teenagers, right? The purpose, the reason why I've sort of corralled you into uh, into coming today, and and just to let people know, what I've done is I've shared some of the workings uh, that I've been going through um, in order to try and knit bits of this together and i think what we'll probably do at some stage is I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna try and get somebody to go through the process of character creation i think um maybe get sort of two or three people around to uh, to try and try and uh, create some characters see how it works but uh, i guess uh, coming across a number of problems so i, I gave a quick uh, shout out to uh, various contributors and the three of you very kindly said you'd come on uh, and have a have a discussion about it. 
It's the, the, the fundamental issue, the bit I've looked at probably first, is the way that you knit together the character creation process uh, with the characteristics of uh, um, Vampire of the Masquerade and with the skill system uh, of Liminal. Now, the, the, reason, the reason why it's sort of proving a little problematic is what you're trying to do is mash up a D100 system of character generation, which starts with D6 and then goes to D100, with a uh, Vampire of the Masquerade system, which sort of incorporates uh, that three by three grid that, Kat, uh, that uh, Kay rather, was talking about when she nominated it that had mm -hmm. mental, physical and uh, social skills, which is fantastic. Uh, and then how uh, off the back of that, you then marry it to a skill system, which in liminal uh, doesn't take account of characteristics. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So what I was in the first instance, what I was doing was I was saying, okay, what's the most important bit of the game? And it's probably going to be the skill tests, I think. It's probably mm -hmm. going to be the bit that most people use. Yep. In which case, is it possible to sort of retrofit? So start with the skill systems and then sort of work back to, to how characteristics and character generation can work so that you get a, a sort of a reasonable result. Does that make sense? Yep. So what I'd done was I'd said, okay, we've got this three by three grid of physical, social, and mental skills. Mm -hmm. uh, so you had physical with stamina, strength, dexterity, social, charisma, manipulation, appearance, mental, perception, intelligence, and wits. And then what I did, and this is on that sort of Excel spreadsheet that I, uh, that I sent, him, sent to you, what I then did was say, okay, if you take the skills from liminal, then can you actually do a thing that um, the free league do, which is characteristic and skill is the dice pool that you use. But instead of using a dice pool, you'd use the numbers. So if, for example, I said athletics would be a stamina, a physical skill, so you would have stamina is your is your characteristic. Athletics is your skill. So you would add stamina to your skill. Mm -hmm. And then that's what you add to your 2D6 role, your 2D6 skill test for liminal. Trying to beat a target number of eight. I think that sounds fine. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, the, 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 sorry, after you cut. No, no, go, go on. No, I was just going to say that that there are plenty of role-playing games that do that. Um, and whilst I I have my reservations about doing that generally, which mm. I, I can get to, um, lots of examples, I think it's pretty intuitive for most players to add those two together on an ad yeah. hoc basis. You know, that's what that's what the storyteller system does. Um, yeah. It's also what um, very, very close uh, example is the Unisystem, which has stat plus skill where you roll add your add that sum and you're gonna see your success threshold is based on 
the number that you score. So I, I think it will work fine. I'm sure everyone would get behind it. Um, mm. I do have a, a couple of comments on the probability range, but I'd yeah. like to get to that later. Yeah, I, th I think that is interesting. And, and it is um, it, it is another one. So just for those of you who haven't played uh, Liminal or indeed Traveller, <laughs> uh, the target number that you are looking to succeed on an ordinary test is eight. You know, if it's something you could do anyway, you shouldn't be rolling dice. You know, if your character could literally just do it, why are you rolling a dice? But the, the base sort of target number in liminal is eight. And then obviously you can have gradations up over and above that based on either situational modifiers or, or actually on whether or not it is a difficult task, a more difficult task. And funnily enough, in the magic bit, which I'd also like to have a quick look at in, in, in a while, the magic bit, that becomes a lot easier to sort of see how that gradation of, of, of that target number could work. Okay. So just, just while what, what we've sort of got it in, in front of mind, Ralph, sorry, you, you were saying about the probability uh, yeah, so so um, I actually just quickly checked the probabilities, and this is also partly related to your to your approach for criticals, which I, I have something of an issue with, and yeah. I, I think it's more of a a stylistic issue rather than uh, an actual problem of gameability. Okay. But if you, uh, I'm, I'm just going to get out my spreadsheet of. Um, I made a spreadsheet for just a handy probability, so. <laughs> Even uh, even in a, an ad hoc episode, we get spreadsheets. Well, it, it was pretty easy to do because I've pretty much got like the two D six probability range to okay. hand, yeah. um, and um, and so what I got was um, if say you had a net zero that you're yep. adding to it, then your chance of getting an eight plus is forty percent, and that's actually a pretty good uh, for just a a random person. Yeah. with no special ability that's actually not a bad percentage that the the good percentage ranges you have for games i think it's like it ranges from one third to two thirds mm. um and that you've got a good chance of failure and a good chance of success and it, it gives everyone a the 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 um feeling that they can attempt anything yeah. now as you go up every increment you go from 40 percent to 58% to 72%, 83%, then 92% and 97%. Um, and 97% is where you've got an addition of five, which you wouldn't get if you capped everything at um, two. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but it's kind of that range. So what that means is, uh, by the way, for your criticals, your criticals will be expertise dependent, which yeah. is unusual. Um, you don't get a lot of games. Well, you get, I, I guess you may get some games. It depends what your criticals mean, because often criticals are, despite my lack of ability, I have somehow lucked out. Hmm. Here, they're not. Your ability to do a crit does actually go up. Say, at, at the you have no chance of doing a crit on an eight to get a 13 at zero. It's a 3% chance at one. It's an 8% chance at two. It's a 16 or 17% chance at three. And it's a 27% chance at four. And, I, and again, those actually sound like sens sensible percentages to me. Mm. The question is whether you like that progression and whether, whether you want criticals to behave in that way. 
Um, mm. And I, I don't want to get sidetracked into how it, how that should work at the moment, but I think the the spread of percentages works. It, it, 2D6 is actually a pretty good model for a lot of things. So, yeah. Um, it, it is it, I think uh, I think you're right. I think what we need to do in the first instance is is make sure that there is a uh, a cap that does work because it, it could potentially be capped at five. So you could have. Uh, oh, hello, we're about to be joined joined liminal, by another liminal, guest. Ah, liminal itself has a cap of four, from what I read earlier. Four, but it can go up to five. Uh, right. Sorry, could I just could I just ask Mark to quickly introduce himself? Hello, Mark. The reason for having the uh, characteristics um, and also then the character generation systems were so that you would have the ability to create the character that you really wanted. Mm -hmm. So, for example, having wits is going to be the prime stat, if you like, for uh, anybody who wants to perform magic. And if you don't have the opportunity to have a large amount of points in that, or if you can't distribute those points uh, to favour wits, it's going to make magic quite difficult. With the magic system from Maelstrom, you can almost do anything. It's a sort of, but, but it's it, it, a difficulty level. So if you do something, you know, absolutely outlandishly, you know, unrealistic, uh, like, I don't know, uh, shifting time. Uh, thank God we didn't go down the tour group, but there we are. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, that difficulty level is, is exponentially difficult. But, but it would be fantastic if you had an opportunity, even if it was only, you know, a 5% chance or something, it would be fantastic to be able to do it. So the reason for sort of being able to lower stats to get additional stats elsewhere was so that you could you could then start to sort of build a little bit more in, in terms of the character that you wanted to play and make them very good at something, make them capable of doing harsher. Yeah, I've, I've no, no objection to that. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, that sounds fine. I think it's more that I would say that, that the focus on the focus on the characteristics to say, this is my character. My yeah. character is, is strong and dexterous and smart, but not so good looking. Yeah, and and that's that's like a really good base to start with it, and then the the extra skills is like that's just a gravy you heap on top of that, and and that okay. that sort of embellishes that core yeah. character, and and so I think these these sort of the caps of two that mm -hmm. you've chosen, if it's stat plus skill, that looks very workable to me. Yeah, and, and I, I I think it I think that range looks good. I, that would be my preference. Yeah, and if you did a, if you did a cap of two for both then the maximum you would be able to ever use on a dice roll would be four, with the intention of you should be going for slightly more difficult tasks. Yeah. Does that make sense? So I, I've got a quick question. Yeah. Which was sort of... Only, only uh, one? Yeah, yeah, only one at the moment. <laughs> but it, will sort of, it will sort of formulate where, 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 um, uh, where my comments for other things, I think, yeah. is that is when this is all put together and it, it's yeah. working fantastically, obviously, um, is, 
is the um, the idea that this will be something that you could play for a, a period of time that the characters are going to develop and advance because yeah. I think that makes a really big difference if this is going to be put together as like a you know the intention is it's it's a short episodic yeah. thing where the characters don't change much that's great I've played systems like that they were really fun um but I think it's very different what you have to do with your rules if you want the characters to be able to grow. Because players obviously mm. want their characters to develop if they're going to play over a long period of time. Mm. And I think skills are really important for that. Um, and I mean, that's just my preference, but I've always thought skills should ultimately, at low level, yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to be so effective. But the more experienced and longer the people have played, the more they've trained and honed their well, their skills, um, yeah. they should make a big difference. It's a lot more than, oh, yeah, I'm a meathead or whatever. So if I hit something, I can I can, I can, can hurt it or hit it as effectively as someone who's spent 20 years training and is, is just fractionally not as strong as me. Um, and that's, I think, the duration of how long you expect someone to, to play this game yeah. influences that. But, but, but that, is, that is the point. Um, a one-point difference is a big deal for this this range mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, uh, it, if a one point difference is something that you go here's your xp early on i've got one point where do i spend it or spend it here it's a massively dramatic effect and in the future you know it's it the jump seems too big is mm. i guess what i'm saying it seems too you're either going to be really really good compared to everyone at something or yeah Really, really bad. What's is the advancement that system you're using? Um, is it linear or is it logarithmic? What what what's what's the trade off of points for? Um, for I have points? no idea. That's so what I was asking. Yeah, so, doing, so, so it, it's it is lim- liminal character progression. I think yeah. we went for in the end, which is uh, you have to gain five uh, five points to then add one one to another pool of three before you can then go up. So essentially, you've got to get 15 points before you can move up experience points. And what you can, the way that you build up those experience points are, I can't remember all of them exactly offhand, uh, but it is essentially uh, not using, for example, we have drama points, not using drama points in Liminal's case is willpower to get out of a failed roll. So if you roll a double one, you can take one of those 15, so one of those first five before it goes on to the next set of three. Does that make so sense? Bit, is that a bit like failing forward? Or Shut up. <laughs> uh, careful, I'll get, I'll get very much into trouble again. Uh, I'm told to keep quiet. Um, but it, at the risk of being Baldrick here, yeah. uh, isn't the character generation using Call of Cthulhu? Yep. Yeah. So... One of the things that, that is often done is you haven't got a skill for something. So uh, maybe liberal, liberal covers all bases, but you, you for instance, uh, fall back to using something like strength to yeah. smash down a door, yeah. um, something along those lines. So uh, how does that work with this? Or, or maybe it doesn't because uh, Cthulhu's stats are a, a percentage in the end. So... Yeah. Perhaps it's some kind of Cthulhu-esque opposed role, um, something like that. So also, you get, don't, don't you get minus 20 or 25 for 
if you're trying to do something that you don't have points in. So use your base stat, roll your D100, get minus 25, I think it's 20, something like yeah, that. So, so yep, skill tests, uh, it, it's a gradation on how difficult the skill is, how, how difficult the task is, sorry. So, you know, eight is a normal task resolution number that you're looking for, target number that you're looking for. If it's particularly difficult, let's say you have, you're a weakling, you're on your own, you've been severely injured, and you try and kick down a door, it's probably going to be harder. So that would then be the the, the GM saying, okay, well, it's it's a target 10 for you. Um, yeah, I, I guess if you're a weakling, that would be reflected in your strengths that you've got to roll under anyway. So you wouldn't yeah. need to jump for that. Yeah. But, but you, you could have a minus for it being a, uh, an iron-bound door versus uh, yeah. a, a reed door of a virtually a straw hut or something, I suppose. Yeah, this is a very difficult uh, door for you to break down. Yeah, absolutely. It's the target number of 12. Yeah. Okay, so, so there's no intersection between uh, uh, statistics, uh, characteristics, sorry, base roles and uh, the, the actual skills that we need to worry about. Yeah, the, the, more, the more you start to sort of go into, you know, try, trying to put something together, there's, there's, there's two or three absolute crux points for the for everything and the first thing is actually it's the skill test system that's the bit that you have to be comfortable with that that works and it, it you know what i was really thinking about was the cap in um uh in liminal and the skill test number the target number is the bit that then you come back from and say, okay, if we've got to fit all these characteristics in, and we, we and and the Call of Cthulhu character generation system, sorry, is is a, a random role and then points that come from that random role. Now it, it's a little bit difficult to do that with the with the characteristics unless you say it right. It's one d six plus two, and therefore eight is the maximum number of points you've got to spend between um, nine characteristics. You can do it as a point by system as well. That's one of the options. Yeah. The the, the other thing about um, Call of yeah. Cthulhu is that even though it's not one individual role, you're rolling um, several characteristics and you might end up with more percentage points because you roll higher on your education or whatever. Yeah. But you're going to even the even you should statistically even the score out over multiple d6 roles rather than just a single role and um, one one of the things that uh, it's good that jim brought us back to talking about call of cthulhu is the character generation because I, re I really think we have to think about the intent of of what you meant in that that um episode yeah and the call of cthulhu system it yes it does have random stats and then it has point by skills um uh, it also has choosing certain careers which give you access to certain skills and that's something that's actually not present in your initial document no. and that might be one of the more appealing things because you have the ability uh, you know you choose a career rather than a class so you're not really bound to choose a particular vocation mm -hmm. but you do have access to a certain range of skills and I, I think that might have been one of the attractive things about it because I, I think it, it does do a good job of character creation um as for the, the the problem that you've got with comparing call of cthulhu to what you've got here i think is that in call of cthulhu you're predominantly whenever you're rolling on a skill it's got pretty much nothing to do with your attributes with a few exceptions um where it default where it defaults to an attribute 
but otherwise if you've got a high percentage your attributes really uh don't mean much at least they don't in the versions i've played i don't know if that's changed with seventh um well, you, you are you are right you default to a percentage extrapolation of a stat yeah. in some cases but that's so you 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 could certainly so it, it, it almost is where it falls outside a specific skill. You know, and of course, you're also deriving things like idea roles or luck roles. Well, luck, roles. luck is, is, is rolled randomly, isn't it? So, so what you end up doing is you can use the characteristic as a skill. And the only time that the characteristics really have an impact on skills is if it is a specific named characteristic that gives you the amount you've got as a percentage so for example dodge the minimum i think is dex isn't it dex times dex times two, or two. Or like, yeah. Yeah. yeah otherwise you will make a check roll against a characteristic uh so dexterity is the one that's usually i think typically used or intelligence um and you make constitution rolls that's sort of like a bit of an unconscious role, isn't it? You, and you're rolling under that to remain conscious, I think, if you get wounded. Um, or the characteristics, or essentially intelligence, determines how many points you have to spend on the skills that are listed on the character sheet. Yeah. I, I, again, I think it comes back to the, the intent of... of what you meant in the character yeah. generation. But if you're going to take that example of, of what that does, then you, you really are still saying my character comes from all of these stats. And in any given situation, I might default back to these stats if I don't have a skill. And I think that's entirely consistent with what yeah. you've suggested for the rest of it. I yeah. don't, I don't, I think just because mm. the, the dice are different, I, I think it looks okay to me. And mm. I, I would, well, well, I would go, sorry, Jim, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, what I, I don't understand, and, and sorry, I'm, I'm playing the Baldrick role in here very well, um, is we've got under physical things like characteristics, like stamina, strength, dexterity, and then under physical skills, we've got athletics, awareness, yeah. etc. I'm saying that for the benefit of the tape, because nobody can see this chart we're looking at. Um, so if, if we've got these points to allocate uh, that are going to be capped at two, um, how do we associate those points with the characteristics of that character? So, for instance, if I had eight points and I can allocate them arbitrary, I might have the strongest character in the group, but I decided to put them all under intelligence, under the mental uh, heading. So I've got three things under there. How do I, how am I, uh, let's say, bonuses to the skills reflected or, or reflecting the characteristics that i've got if you can understand that good luck <laughs> <laughs> well I, th I think um the the idea was use because it, it was finding a way to utilize better the characteristics and and how they would then influence the skills so you know and people could disagree with, with what i've written down there so for example i've said athletics is a is a stamina based activity ranged or throwing things is <laughs> throwing things harking back to cat's uh, earlier example of the uh, the um star wars what's the little teddy bears called 
Ewoks. Ewoks. Yeah, the Ewok who was only good at throwing things. You know, that's that's dex based. So the idea is that when you were coming to make the roll, you would do dexterity plus range throw against a target number of eight. Okay. So so what you had in your skill, in your in your characteristic influenced what that final role was about. Is that answering your question at all, Jim, or not? Mm, uh, I, no. I, as I say, I, I'm, I'm doing the Baltic role really here. Yeah. So, 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 so what so I don't the, understand is, is yeah. I might have a strength of, I would say, 81% or 85, because it has to be units of five, doesn't it? Yeah. So I've got a strength of 85. How does that translate into a one or a two that I add onto something? The, the, the way that you would do, the way that you'd sort of try to make as strong a character as you could is you would spend up to your cap on your characteristics of two. So you would have strength two. And then presumably then you would look for all of those characteristics which involve strength. So melee, in fact, melee appears to be the only one on there actually, uh, which might need to be something else anyway. But uh, uh, that's how you'd really make, make hay with being a strong character. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah, I, it, well, I... I the problem that I see with that is I have a strength characteristic of 85% and then sort of almost arbitrarily to reflect that, I've allocated two points to strength. Yeah. But I could not do that. I could have a strength of 85 and I could allocate two points to intelligence instead. Um, it, it seems as if the points are completely separate from the, the, the characteristics. Whereas if, for instance, I said... Uh, I don't know, in any strength is, if it's above uh, 50%, I get a one. If it's above 80%, I get a two. Okay. Th then the uh, those bonuses would reflect what you'd roll as your characteristics. Ah, okay. So, the, so where, where I hadn't come from it from the point of view of saying, uh, utilising the bit of Call of Cthulhu character generation, which is random rolls. So yeah, you, you, just, you just allocation. try to yeah. shoehorn liminal into everything. I realise that. <laughs> <laughs> I did. As I, did. I say, you can, I think you can do Call of Cthulhu's point by. It's been a long time since I've played it. I know certainly in the, in the early starter sets, there was, you know, get into it quick where that you could just have set percentages um, grouped yeah. together and you just allocated them where you wanted. But it's been a good... 18 months since I've looked yeah. at that. So. No, I, I think now it's it's so it's random random 3d6 roll or 4d6 take the highest three um times by five gives you your base characteristic so in this instance where we've got nine characteristics you could have nine separate 3d6 rolls times by five is what each characteristic comes to but it, it's it then becomes very, very sort of long-winded because then you've got to say, okay, how does that translate to ones and twos? So I thought it was it would be a little bit easier to go, okay, well, it's maybe 1d6 plus two, and then you've got a range of three to eight. Or whatever I came at was you've got eight points to distribute against them. Uh, you know, it's not easy to... Because either... Th then the skill system is the bit that needs to be would almost need to be percentile based again and you'd be ended up doing loads of maths and the idea was for it to be sort of reasonably quick and reasonably sort of slick and simple yeah. to resolve anything 
I mean, I must yeah, admit, I'm, a bit, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a bit biased because I've always found percentile-based games quite easy to get my head around. Yeah. Um, and also, especially, you know, you haven't got the abstract, well, what does this mean? What does this number mean in re- relative yeah. to, the, to the world? Whereas a percentile, it's like, oh, I got 98 or whatever. And if it's under or yeah. over type system, well, you know, you succeeded or failed. Or if it's that's your su- percentage of success, it's easy to see what's going off. But... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get that. Cat, have you got anything that you'd um, want to say? Mm, have you a bit... Yeah, I... Yeah, this is slightly devil's advocate, but you know, having a well balanced game really, um, no game's completely well balanced. So if it's mm-hmm. unbalanced, you know, there's always going to be wriggle room. Players are always going to find. They are. If you've got a min max, if you've got a power gamer, it does not matter what you do, they will find a way of doing it. Um, yeah. As long as anyone can pretty much pick it up and it's clear and simple i i have this this add yeah, those together yeah. roll happy days yeah i think yeah. as long as it's mostly okay and obviously the you know the percentage chance of you managing to hit isn't skewed horrendously one way or the other it's pretty much balanced mm-hmm. um properly you know so it's a fun game then you know i think all these suggestions are great but it's going to come down to just picking which other one's most common sense yeah, I, I think I think it, it it is interesting when you when um, when you say that. I think what I was sort of doing in in allocating a larger number. So what I was going to say was if it's if it's a random roll in the first for your characteristics, a la uh, determining the number of points you've got to distribute amongst your characteristics, a little bit like Call of Cthulhu. Then what you did with that roll, then you multiplied that by two or by three, whatever it happens to be. But if it's by two. Um, then you have a number of points to spend on those skills that are influenced by those characteristics. Yeah. Does that make sense? So if you only had, if you'd only spent one point in physical skills, then you would only have two points to allocate to skills that are influenced by physical attributes. And then in you know, social skills, again, you know, if you allocated two, you've got four points to, to, to put amongst those skills. And then similarly, with uh, mental-based, you've got mental skills. But the more, I'm, the more we're sort of talking about it and a couple of things that have been said that made me think is actually, do you want to have some fairly broad-brush sort of um, character archetypes that yeah. dominate those physical, social, mental? That's the bit about, I think you were saying earlier on, you're saying Jim about you know how is it that it relates to the type of character that you're uh, going to be playing you know are we prompting people by saying yeah. a mage or a wizard or you know maybe a scholar or a priest or something would be typically more predisposed to mental attributes well I, I'm, I'm thinking of the, uh, the the call of Cthulhu book I was looking at earlier you know, and stage one like a lot of games is, is you roll up your characteristics your strength your int etc and we've got those in kind of three categories, physical, social, and mental. And uh, there's nothing like introducing tables into a game to make it even more interesting. So you you could, for instance, take what's the three that are under physical, which is strength, stamina, and dexterity, add up the total percentage, and you look it up on the table and you find out whether that gives you a plus one, a plus two, or whatever. And then you do the same with social, you do the same with mental, then you've got your pluses, you can you can add on stuff. But it... it links it back to the characteristics that you rolled. So I think that's the, 
what I'm missing is a link between I roll up a character and the characteristics that I've rolled have added these things on as bonuses to my various physical skills, social skills, or mental skills. It's, it, it's kind of implied, though, isn't it? Because if, yeah. if it's if it's if it's characteristic plus skill, yeah. it's implied. So if you've got stamina, you have two points in stamina, and athletics and for the sake of survival are points you put in as well. You've then got two points of stamina plus your skill allocation for athletics and survival. But at least mm. you are two points to the good on your roll. Sure, but, but, but there's no link between what you rolled as a stamina characteristic on 3D6 or whatever and the fact that you put two points in it. No. So what I was actually saying is forget the, the role, forget that role. For each single characteristic, it would be a one role gives you a, n- a number of points to distribute amongst those characteristics. Ah, uh, so we drop the sort of Call of Cthulhu-esque character generation. Partly and because I can't think of a way of making it work that isn't stupidly complicated. Right. Okay, so so if we've got three beans, we've just made a casserole for Baldrick. Right, I've got it now. <laughs> <laughs> one bean plus two beans equals. Mm. Many yeah, this this is this is why I said earlier. Sort of, you look at the intent of what you said when Call of Cthulhu, and, and maybe not focus on rolling individual stats, but yeah. also look at the the skills packages and the careers that might that might uh, might yeah. serve you better. Um, e- even if it is that sort of idea of, uh, I think you know, one of the games that we referenced quite a bit was Beyond the Wall. And I think what Beyond the Wall does, it only has three archetypes. I think it's... Yeah, you know, well, no, yeah, but that works with the playbooks. So I... I, I um, the, the whole point about the, the character generation in Beyond the Wall is that you have pre-packaged playbooks that you can put yeah. in front of people and they can roll on a bunch of tables and get a character out at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so you only have three kinds of characters. You've got... F- but, but the playbooks tend to mash them up. So you'll have... Yeah it's it's not sort of class it's more that this this kind of character is mostly a fighter but with a bit of a leaning towards a being a thiefy type and uh, but it's reflected in the outcome of the tables um it's uh, so i i think you you kind of need to get away from the sort of the idea of classes in that yeah. it's it's more that they they are named archetypes like the 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 nobleman's wild daughter and the 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 witch's apprentice and it's it's all those characters yeah um, but but i mean i was just thinking about so actually the, the bit about ca- uh, generating a character needs to be you start the game by saying what type because it's a fantasy game what type of character are you hoping to play in which case you may need to favor these bits uh, all I was going to say was if there was an archetype, you, you know, three very broad archetypes of sort of spell users, broadly speaking, fighters, rangers, whatever, and then some sort of uh, scoundrel or thief or something. Couldn't you're you going to favour this? And I, my maths is terrible, so I'm probably going to get this wrong. I think it would equate to about nine, I think. So you've got three, you know, typical fantasy, you've got three types haven't you you've got a sure. fighter you've got a rogue thief or what assassin or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and you've got a spellcaster now whether you want to split spellcasting up into magic and godly or whatever so you've got those three archetypes uh-huh. and then you not need a combination of each of two of each so you've got a fighter who's a bit magic 
and uh, Fighter, who's a bit roguey. So they're two more archetypes. And I think when you mix those three up and come with all coming, I think it comes to nine. I think. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping, waiting for Ralph to jump in here because I think his maths, it sounds like his maths is a lot better. No, I, I, th- I think it's three factorial, so it's six. Is it six? Yeah, yeah. It's it's as I'm as sure I, you're right, yeah. As 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 an ex bookie, it's doubles in three. Yeah, when because uh, there's a very late edition um, by uh, by Chris uh, was to have this sort of idea of uh, having it be about going and, and finding pieces of a golem. Yeah, so you could you could kind of say, okay, you are all generically golem hunters, uh, but you favour certain aspects. You know, one of you might be good at magic, or actually, I was wondering whether you borrowed from RuneQuest, and you say everybody can have access to magic. I thought you were going to say everybody can be a dork. (laughs) (laughs) They can and fail forward, but you know, if 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 everybody could have access to magic ridiculous complicated then if you start sort of adding complications to everything but let's let's i i feel the need not i've got this desperate urge to have a vote but i'm, I'm, I'm not going to have a vote Peters, <laughs> i'll vote with him what, what i will do what i will do is i will go away again and maybe come back with a, a few of those bits i think i think it's how many points do you allocate because i was thinking about the cap being the bit that drives the numbers and when in actual fact, it should be the uh, players deciding where they wish to spend their allocation more. Does that make sense? So if they particularly, not, not the min-max idea, but, you know, do I wish to be a particularly charming spellcaster or do I wish to be a particular, you know, a particularly awe-inspiring uh, thief, you know, daring dudes, in which case I would allocate my points slightly differently. Okay, it's just it's not you, easy. You could, still, you could still link it back to the characteristics and say if you've got a, a certain amount in your characteristic of strength, you're allowed yeah. to allocate a point or even two points, depending on what it is. Yeah. But you've got these eight to spend as you wish. Yeah. Because otherwise, what you're doing is the poor person that decided we'd have Cthulhu character generation, you just completely disenfranchise them. <laughs> I've got a feeling it might be me, actually. You could base the caps <laughs> skills on the relevant characteristics that would feed into them. So mm. if it's a, an acrobaticsy type skill, you know, if you've taken lots of dexterity, then that makes your cap maybe two or three. Whereas if you take no points in dexterity or very low, the cap for any of those related skills for you would be one. It's mm. another way of approaching it. Yeah, that no, makes it more complex. It, yeah, I th- yeah. I th- and I think that's the thing. I think you know what, what, what we'll end up doing. The two things that I think need to be absolutely, uh, absolutely nailed on are: what is the cap in characteristics, and what is the cap in skills? And I think it can be no higher than two, unless through that sort of experience process, you then spend an experience point to raise your cap in something. And it might be that you raise your cap in mental skills or you raise your cap in social skills, because I've just uh, I did very, very quickly look for the liminal ad- advancement. And uh, the, the actual advancement rules for liminal were uh, you have five experience boxes and then you have three advancement boxes. 
and you tick an experience box when you learn something new about the hidden world. Okay, we could potentially put that, learn something new about golems or you find a piece of a golem. You've advanced your cruise goal, and we haven't even talked about, you know, that sort of development of the, of the group, but we can maybe do something on that. Your crew has concluded its current case successfully. You've survived. You learn something new and important about your crew or one of its members. And an experience box is ticked immediately when you roll two ones, fail a skill roll and choose not to spend uh, will here, but it will be drama points for us. Uh, and then you engage a drive and generate more will than you can use. We haven't talked about drives, so I'm not sure we probably will. But So it's five, and then when all five boxes are full, you tick an advancement box, uh, and then it says you can, raise, uh, you can raise a single skill of your choice by one up to a maximum equal to your skill cap. When all three advancement boxes are full, erase the ticks. You can then do one of the following. Increase your skill cap by one. Take a new one-point trait. Bank a point for a two-point trait later on. That's, we haven't got traits involved in this. Uh, I'll give your crew a new asset. But what we could do is you could say, you know, it's, it, it makes it very difficult to increase. You've got to do five things very well, including surviving, to raise a skill by one point. I think, as, as Kat and, and Ralph were saying earlier, that the actual... Uh, cap as it were or, or the ads that you get is is a mathematical thing based on what probability do you want people to succeed on an average yeah um it's really how do you derive those uh pluses um on what basis is it done and yeah. how does that relate to the to the characteristics at the same time as passing the four pints of beer test which is can you roll up a character after four pints of beer uh and pl or play the game um yeah. And then if you can't, then it's probably too complex. That's a, that's a good, uh, that's a very good um, measure. I like that. This, yeah, very fun. This Frankenstein's RPG, game for alcoholics. Yes. Okay. Spon sponsored by Stella Artois. I'm, I'm not into... Oh, Gossip, gossip about Stella Artois, which I'm not sure whether I'm allowed to... <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing unfiltered Stella. Tastes very nice as well. Uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> what? Was that a dissenting voice there? Oh, God, yeah. Um... yeah okay. So tell me, what are they actually filtering out in Stella normally? Because I'm, I dread to think. Uh, your awful taste. taste. <laughs> <laughs> Traveller fans, Stella drinkers. The Belgians. Let's do them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've got anybody from Belgium listening to the podcast. We could be like, oh, no, of course we have. Well, there's two, I think, two who live in Belgium. But anyway, sorry. Mm -hmm. So what we'll do is... Not anymore. We'll, no, not anymore, no. Uh, so so I think what we probably need to do is we need to have... Uh, I, I still think there should be some sort of random generation of the number that you can first of all apply to the various characteristics. And it's, I think it's looking like some, rather than just having eight points to, to just to, to sort of spend across them. Uh, if you had uh, a randomized number. Um, okay, I'll, I will come back on that, but I think it's going to be something like 1d6 plus two. The only thing is, of course, if you rolled three, you've only got three points to spend across this. Not, you're not going to be rather. What's, just, just again, it's it's kind of deviating away from Call of Cthulhu, but you do have three categories of of uh, physical, mental, social. 
-hmm. why not have a random roll for each of those? Okay. And you could even skew those with, um, I don't know, with a... You, you choose a particular career. Oh, okay. And uh, oh, and like say that. you start with saying this career will will sort of your 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 highest die will be allocated to your physical, and your your second highest die is allocated to your social or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know that idea. that that might be a, a way of uh, you know resolving this position. The okay. problem I've got is is as we said, different disenfranchising whoever chose Call of Cthulhu because it's kind of. It's it's not none of this is called a Cthulhu, um, it's like sort of got got shades of it, um, yeah. so it's it's always going to be a bit of a compromise. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure it was me. Right. Well, how do you feel? How do you feel about the department? I, I now feel rather disenfranchised. Uh, well, I, 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 well, well, I think we I think we all do. Anyway, <laughs> okay. So if you said then. If you said something like, okay, broadly speaking, there's going to be three broad categories of character. It's going to be magic using in some manner, uh, scoundrelly type based in one way, and then warrior type base. <laughs> that doesn't work, does it? If you said to if you said to all the character the, the people players sitting down, you say you've got. 1d2, 1d3, 1d4, and you roll those, and then you decide whether you put the d2 into physical, the d3 into social, and the d4 into mental, and those are the number of points you get to spend on that category. Could work. One could have a maximum of two points, one would have a maximum of three, and the other would have a maximum of four. Cat. Yeah, no, that, that does make sense. That, that actually does make sense. Uh, the only other way I was thinking you could randomise the characteristics to start is you get three D6s, roll them, and you basically decide, okay, on dice one, you rolled a four, right, you've got four points to spend amongst your mental. What a shame, you only got a one on the next dice. Well, pick which one you want those to go with. Because yep. with the three different types of characteristics, you've got your sneaky, you've got your magic, and you've got your your fighter, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that way, that puts immediate cap because the chances of you rolling a six aren't brilliant. Um, although we we all know that person who always gets straight eighteens for their D and D character. Mm. Um, and, and and then you would be over your cap, wouldn't you? If yeah. the cap's going to be two, you can't do it, can you? Yeah. Well, okay. if you if you if you roll a six, you've got you're going to have a two in all of the two yeah. in all of the ones of that class. I think yeah. that, it, it does cap of two. Yeah, yeah, it Which does, does, does make, fit. It does work. Yeah, okay. Uh, that one. That way, that way, you still got you've got that little random element you want. Now, I'm just suggesting another thing: if someone rolls exceptionally well in their uh, for their uh, attributes. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, what would happen in Call of Cthulhu, uh, you would then also do exceptionally well in your your skills to spend. How about you do some sort of inverse proportion that if you if you roll exceptionally well for your um, attributes, you are penalised for the number of points that you get to spend on skills. I'm I'm thinking what would I be like after four points points yeah. on that. Mm. <laughs> I'm thinking as, as a, mechanically, I think that's probably quite a good idea. But how would I feel about that as a player? I think I'd feel a bit cheated. 
the, the, the only thing is though you have you, there are 21 skills on which you could spend points so whatever you did and, and what i was doing previously was just saying okay whatever it is you rolled or, or allocated for your mental characteristics you doubled it mm. and that's what you had to spend on mental skills mm. so for example let's, let's take your example you roll as you said cat you roll 1d6 and you get a six on mm -hmm. mental skills so all three of your mental mental grouped skills perception intelligence of which you start with a two you then have 12 points to spend amongst the remaining one two three four five six seven mental skills yeah I, to a cap of two no 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 that's it to, to a cap of two so you can't you can't put maximum in each of those um you can always do the the being as i've you've picked your uh your primary stat is depending on your character as well i suppose would be your best way to also to to cap it but say mm -hmm. you've got your two in all your mentals and i'm going to be a magic user or whatever obviously then i can spend points more freely on those at on those skills yeah um but if i want skills to say something else then i cost me double to buy them because i'm not going to spend all 12 points there um, because there's a cap, so and there isn't that many skills for that. So okay. is there going to be penalty? You, you, you say there's seven skills in each category, so oh, yeah. you yeah. can you can sp spend those twelve points. Oh, no, sir, um, you can. If you were I mean, going to do it, the, do it the other way though. Um, you could say take the number that you'd rolled for your that that group of attributes, and you have. Um, let's say you have 15 points to, to spend minus the number that you rolled. So mm. someone rolls, rolls high attributes, they'll only have nine to spend amongst the skills, which isn't, is nothing to be sniffed at. But if someone was unlucky and only rolled a two, they'd end up with 13 to spend. So they, they could have a broader spread of skills. And I, and I think that that would, that wouldn't look too bad. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would, be reticent to sort of have a die roll and then double it for the the available skills as well um still you, that that that's my yeah. that's, again it's all my preference so did you make, i was just wondering if you could make it you know you've got these groups of three skills and you so you've got the total of what those threes are which are going to vary from what zero to six one to six went it one yeah. to six mm. so you could have it's you know to, for buying your skills you can make that random as well and you could say it's a d6 plus your total in the area to how many skill points you get so if you've got six in that area you roll a d6 if you roll one well you've got seven if you roll six you've got 12 I'll do it that way but I, I, that, that'll make a bigger spread though i think mm. the thing is well, what, what, i think sorry, go on. If, sorry if you if you're rolling uh just a single dice like a d6 you're gonna have people that are going to have quite widely varying bonuses to be able to add to their skills categories. Mm. Whereas if you are rolling strength, stamina, int, et cetera, with 3D6, you've got, you, you've got quite a, a reasonable curve there in terms of standard deviation curve. So if you take the three things that are under each of the physical, social, mental, mm. add them up and say, that's how many points you get to allocate you're going to get an even spread between the player characters and in quotes, a little fairer. Mm. Uh, and then you, you allocate them to the actual skills that way. 
it, there's also actually less dice involved in doing that unless you're going to drop the roles for strength and and intelligence and etc uh, as maybe you're suggesting so that, that's the way i'd look to do it i think yeah I, I i don't disagree with any of that i think it's great so if we did if you just did one d6 on each of those that's the number of skills you've got and then add add those up those numbers and that's what you have to spend on on the skills below no, that's it, not what it, i mean really no um, that's not what i mean you, you start off with your your characteristics like your strength and int yeah. and you roll those a la uh, call of cthulhu so you roll your 3d6 or whatever that and you can multiply that by five to give you a percentage it doesn't matter which way around you you do it that's just a math exercise that will give you a, a total and that's how many points you get in that category to then spend on your skills so you look up a number essentially you total your strength stamina dex you look up a number on a table that's how many points you get to allocate to physical and you do the same with, with social and mental and then you allocate them from there rather than roll a, a single dice in each of the categories and double it or something hmm. Because it's an even chance, if you roll the dice and you double it, it's an even chance as to whether you get two points, say, or 12. Mm -hmm. But, but that, that, that's quite a big difference to, to a character and what they can do versus what they, they can it they is, can't, yeah. really. Yeah. I, I think the only reason why I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about uh, finding a way of making that random, that first bit random, is just that if you are... If you are the person who rolls a one on your three d six, so you roll three ones, and however that whatever the mechanic is to then find out how much you've got to spend on your skills, you've only got three points, and that's a, you know, that's probably a character's not going to work. But 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 I think what would be good, I quite like the idea. You roll three d six, and you allocate one of those numbers to physical. You allocate one of those numbers to social. You allocate one of those numbers to mental. And then somehow there may actually be a, a starting minimum. So maybe you say the minimum you get is 10 points to spend on skills. So if your attributes are rubbish and you roll one, 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 at least you then have, instead of having three points to spend on skills, you've got 10. I can't really see how you could convert a, a percentile roll into other than by looking up on a table. Uh, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. I was tr trying to avoid putting tables <laughs> into character creation because we've got a fair few knocking about otherwise. Okay. It's it's one thing it shows is it's it's not easy, is it? Design mm. designing a mm. game by committee is <laughs> it's not easy at some stage. I'm going to have to be a dictator and see how it works. Uh, by the way, what I'm I'm going to do for those who sign up at Grogmeet to play it, what I'm going to try and do is get everybody together beforehand. And do a character generation session and 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 record that and see how that uh, how that plays out. So, are you planning? That's to going to be over four pints thing? of Stella, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, oh. absolutely. Everybody has to have four pints of unfiltered Stella. Before. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Is the grog meat thing going to be online, or are you planning to do it actually at the convention? I, I, I'm. I was actually going to do it at the convention because we are we're recording an episode of Frankenstein's RPG meets the grognard files on the sunday mm. so it's going to be the frankenard incentive for me to actually go rather than do the online but uh... yeah it'd be fun and then uh, i think uh the 
the vote is taken entirely out of our hands uh, and uh, will be decided by both online and uh, live uh, guests, uh, audience members rather. So uh, yeah, it should be a giggle. It should be a giggle. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to uh, thank you very much for all your points on that. I think it's, it's, it's extremely important. I'm also very aware that that's, that's taken up pretty much all the time that we, uh, we sort of had. Uh, and um, I'm conscious of sort of uh, conscious of keeping you back. Magic. Uh, I, 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 if you don't, I maybe see if anybody's free over the next couple of weeks, and we might do another one, and just have a, have a quick look at one or two of the bits and pieces. And is that okay? Yeah. Would you, yeah, would you yeah. Up for that? Me, yeah. Good. Yeah. Listen. Uh, thank you very much indeed for your. It, I'm, I'm not sure whether I'm more confused or less. <laughs> I feel cheated because I haven't voted on anything. No, I know. <laughs> well, let's let's take a vote. Should uh, should the Budweiser Brewing Group create uh, unfiltered Stella or not? All those in favour say aye. Is there an option for don't care? <laughs> <laughs> they they can it, leave it in Leuven. It, is genuine. it really a filter? Is it a centrifuge? Because it does matter. No, the thing is. Uh, Strictly speaking, of course, you shouldn't pasteurise either. So I don't know no. whether they're pasteurised. So to sort of say it's unfiltered and fresh, I'm not entirely sure how they're coming up. But I have to say, those Belgians are jolly cunning brewers. So uh, if anyone's really? going to solve that issue, it'll be them. There's a fantastic beer, which is Staropramen, obviously the Czech, yeah. and, and fresh Staropramen, unfiltered Staropramen is actually wonderful. However, we have so many brilliant examples in this country. And mm. one, one I can absolutely recommend is, if you, if you get the chance, uh, is it more beer, not mere for beer, more beer, M-O-O-R, Somerset oh, Base Brew. Is, they are wonderful beers. They are absolutely lovely. Um, yeah. And I can't believe in one, you know, almost in one breath, you're recommending Stella Unfiltered, then you're recommending something decent. It's like, <laughs> it's, you I, know, are a flip coin of beer drinking? Listen, listen I, I, am, I am nothing if not inconsistent. <laughs> County, that's the sponsorship basically for this podcast. That's why he's mentioning all the brewers that he possibly can that he thinks might have budget. This episode has been brought to you by Budweiser Brewing Group. Thank you very that's, much. That's what, much like the well, the Grognard fires. We, we accidentally stumbled or stood on their toes because we went down the hobnob route as well. Um, yeah, before, before I was aware of them, which is interesting. The, uh, it's it's competing. We're competing now, head to head for the sponsorship deals. Yeah, yeah. I've I've gone alcohol. They've gone biscuits. What can you say? <laughs> Goodness, oh, I'm going to have to think of something for the magazine now. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate gin. That's it. I'm going oh, with gin. Gin. <laughs> Don't get me started on gin. Okay. Listen. Thanks ever so much, everybody. And uh, we'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll try and knock this up into uh, something that makes sense. And if if you can spare me some time. Some stage I'll, I'll try and organise that over the next couple of weeks. It'd be great. I'd love to have a quick look at magic and, and things like that. And there's a couple of other bits I need a bit of help with. So thank you very much indeed for your time. Cool. It's been good fun. Thank you, David. Yeah, it's thanks. Cheers. Thanks. The one thing, forward. one thing I could just Mark, would you mind just introducing yourself? So <laughs> I'll just I'll just say and and Mark <laughs> introduces it, and then if you can is that okay? Yeah. It's, it's not a bit advanced editing for the uh, for the Frankenstein RPG. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. And now we're going to do the outtakes where you're not allowed. I'm not allowed to mention beer. Jim's not allowed to mention Room Quest. So we're gonna I'm gonna redub it all. 
So, Mark, would you mind just introducing yourself? Can everybody <laughs> cheer at the end of it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm Mark. I'm from the uh, Champions RPG podcast. So, I'm the GM, editor, and general dog's body. You can find us on all the the, the usual uh, podcast outlets and our own website. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this episode. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much. I feel you're all special. Now, I'm off to get some Stella. Well, that was episode 11, or, well, 10A, depending on your point of view. Clear as unfiltered beer. If I was better at doing them, I'd add the various tables we talked about in the show notes and definitely will on the website, which is frankensteinrpg.co.uk. So please do check that out. And thank you very much for both Jim and uh, and Ralph for um, taking the time to uh, to hook those out. Quite a, an interesting thing when you look at the, uh, the probabilities and probably hadn't really occurred to me before. So very useful. Thank you. Also, uh, make sure you check out uh, the output uh, the creative output uh, of our guests, Cat's Fanzine, Never Mind the Dice Rolls, and that's available on Drive Through RPG, <clears throat> and and I believe in the flesh from certain retailers. Fingers crossed. So that's Never Mind the Dice Rolls. Then we have Mark's podcast, which is Champions RPG, where they're in the weird west uh, and having an absolute ball. Um, previous uh, series have concentrated on champions which is uh, uh, was also fantastic really good fun and of course ralph's podcast fictoplasm uh, which is superb despite what he seemed to say about it earlier on uh, especially uh, if i have to recommend one i'd go with episode 100 which is on the invisibles and it's absolutely fantastic and the effect that the invisibles has had on particularly sort of science fiction i would say um, and films in particular so yeah really good so <clears throat> what we'll do is we'll try and sneak another episode or two in looking at the mechanics uh, and how we might get to grips with it. I'm particularly interested in sorting out magic and making sure that that sort of seems to make sense. I'm hoping to do a, a character generation uh, session zero, and that will be with the players who sign up at Grog Meet 21. Um, I'll do that online, the, uh, the, the uh, character generation, and we'll record it for the show. Uh, and then uh, also at Grogmeet, we've been invited to record a live showing, uh, technology willing, uh, at Grogmeet on the Sunday, uh, which will be online and in the flesh, which should be huge fun. So really looking forward to that. I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, there will be a few more coming. Uh, thank you very much and uh, please take care.